0: How long has it been since you last went to confession? A week? A month? A year? More? So there's an odd proportionality that occurs when we avoid the Sacrament of Reconciliation, and the longer we put it off, the stronger it gets. St. John Paul II, who reportedly went to confession at least once a week, said that frequent confession is a must to achieve personal holiness. But the thing is, most of us are at least slightly averse to recounting aloud those ways we've failed. I know I am. Perhaps you are, too. It's kind of like going to the dentist's office. I don't look forward to it, but I know I need to go. But here's where that odd proportionality that I began with sets in. In my experience, the longer I refrain from going to confession, the more averse to it I become. It's not like an appetite like hunger, when the longer I go without food, the more I desire it. No, it's the opposite. When I put off and put off going to confession, I want less and less to go, because I become more and more embarrassed by the length of time it's been. I dread the thought of saying it's been three months, six months, it's been a year since my last confession. I fear that Father is going to give me a stern rebuke for putting it off for so long. More and more thoughts enter my imagination that would seek to keep me from the sacrament. But here's the thing. This growing aversion, it's a tool of the enemy, and it's a flat-out lie. It's a myth. Priests I know say that they are overjoyed when a person who has been away from the sacrament for a longer time decides to return. So, don't believe the myth. How long did you say it's been? A month? A year? A year? Five years more, return to confession and let the celebration begin. Today, we're dispelling the myths of confession here on the inner life. Our spiritual director for today is Father Patrick Hyde. Father Patrick is a Dominican priest and the pastor of St. Paul Catholic Center at Indiana University. He's also a national Eucharistic preacher. Welcome back to the program, Father.
1: Patrick, it's good to be back with you. Thanks for having me today to talk about one of my favorite things, uh, confession, both receiving it and
0: imparting it as a priest. Absolutely. And what a necessary uh, sacrament the sacrament of confession is. And, well, Father, there could very well be people who have been away from the sacrament for a long time uh, who are listening today, or maybe they're not of the Catholic tradition or are interested in just learning more about the sacrament. So let's take a moment just to go through the steps of going to confession and reflect on it just a little bit. So what happens when a penitent receives the sacrament or begins the sacrament there in the confessional or wherever it might be taking place.
1: I'm, I'm going to pull back just a little bit farther than that, Patrick. You know, the the process of going to confession begins before we even get to the church. That's It's that examination of conscience. Ah, good point. We may do it at the church, but before we even step into the confessional or approach Father for the sacrament, we need to do a good examination of conscience. Acknowledge our sins, that's really important, but also to start to look and to say, okay, where, where am I really struggling? What really needs to be in a sense, the point of focus of this particular confession. I need to know, I need to acknowledge uh, what I did, bef- because ultimately then what we can, the Lord can help to reveal to us is to start to see the effects of those sin and how the grace that He imparts upon us will uh, allow us to uh, positively go after those effects of sin. And so we need to do that examination, especially if you've been away from the sacrament. There are so many wonderful resources online at your local parish doing an examination of conscience so that you can be well prepared. But once you get there, I think sometimes we get so worked up and, oh, I haven't been there in a while. I don't know how to do it. Well, it's in one way like riding a bike and that once you've done it, it comes back to you. But it's not like riding a bike because if you walk in there and have no idea what you're doing, you're going to be fine. God's going to forgive you. Amen. It's just, you know, when you go in there, normally speaking, what we do is in most confessionals, you have a choice of either going behind some sort of barrier or going face to face, although some some places don't have that option, but when you go in, the first thing that we're, we're called to do is to invite the presence of the Holy Trinity. So we, we make the sign of the cross in the name of the Father, the Son of the Holy Spirit. And then it's good, it's a good and noble practice to let Father know what your state in life in and how long you're, since it's been since your last confession, right? It's helpful on this part for Father because it gives him an understanding of, okay, where does the pastoral counseling need to go? Right, if it's been 45 years since your last confession, that's a indicator to me as the priest. Oh, okay, this is what I need to do to help instill the virtue of coming back to the sacrament, or of inspiring and encouraging. All right, if it's been a week, okay, maybe I'll go a little bit deeper and challenge a little bit more. But once we've done that, acknowledged our, and then also our state in life: are we married? Are we single? What phase in that are we? How are we doing with that? That's going to also give an indication. And then when we confess our sins. I think it's important for us to remember confess your sins. Don't confess your spouse's <laughs> sins, your children's sins. As your tempting as it sins. may be. <laughs> Those are all sins. Yeah. Those are all sins. And they, you know, but father is not gonna think any more or less of you based on the circumstances and environments. But confess your sins. And it's important for us, and I would always encourage people, start with the most difficult sins, either the ones that weigh heaviest on your heart. Uh, because you've been committing it the most, it's the most insidious in your life, or, and or, I guess, if you've committed a mortal sin, you need to confess, when we say mortal sins, those are clearly defined sins that indicate that we have made a decision to separate ourselves from God's love. And we need to confess the number and kind. And what that really means is, what have I done, and how many times have I done it? Be as specific as possible. Because It helps the priest on one level, but here's the other thing. We exercise dominion in our lives over Satan, over evil, over the world, through our gift of rationality and by naming things. In the very beginning, Adam exercises dominion over the created world by giving the creatures names. When we fail to name our sins, especially mortal sin, we in a way give that power over us. No one wants to confess that they've attacked a dear friend or family member. No one wants to say that. But God, in His great mercy and love for us, gives us the strength and the power to be healed from that when we name that and bring it to Him. So when we confess our sins, especially if we're attentive to or aware of mortal sin, to be willing to name that with specificity, not only in terms of what we've done, but what kind of frequency that in. Now if you've been away for a long time, frequency maybe this is something that I did for a while and now I do once in a while, maybe it's something every day, maybe it's something that happened a long time ago but hasn't happened in a while. We still need to as best we can give at least as, uh, the most specific details that we can. And then the other thing too and I think sometimes we forget this in confession is when we confess our sins, there are sometimes we bring to the Lord a sin and we're not exactly sure Was that a mortal sin? And if it was a mortal sin, you know, then we have to, you know, for instance, if we commit a mortal sin, we should refrain from going to Holy Communion until we've been absolved of our sins. Well, if you're not quite sure if that was a mortal sin, it's important to ask that, because then you can be more attentive in the future. So if if I fall into that, to not committing any sort of sacrilege by unworthily presenting for Holy Communion, but also by, you know, making sure, okay, oh gosh, I fell into that. I need, I'm so sorry, Lord, I'm going to make sure I get the confession, before I go to mass, and then after that, or before at least, I present myself for holy communion, and then asking for guidance and clarification, and then the priest, after you've confessed your sins, it's always good to say for these sins and for those I've forgotten. It's a good way of just kind of acknowledging I'm done confessing, Father. Right, <laughs> give him a good right. social cue. Uh, yeah. It may not be that poetic, but just say, okay, maybe that's it. Whatever it is, give him a cue. <laughs> Father will then okay. give you some sort of pastoral guidance and counsel and then he'll give you a penance, you'll uh, profess your act of contrition, and he'll give you the prayer of absolution, and God will reunite you, himself fully, you and himself fully in the grace uh, given in baptism.
0: Well, we uh, have got some great calls lined up for us here. Let's go back to the phones. Zach is calling in from Phoenix, Arizona. Zach, welcome to the program. Thanks for calling in. So I had a question about confession. So if you confess a mortal sin, but you forget to say how many times it was, and it comes to your conscience afterwards. Is your confession still valid, or do you need to reconfess it the next time you go again and say the number of times?
1: Well, it depends on your intentionality. If you deliberately withheld the number of times that you've confessed it, right? when it has to do with mortal sin, it's our intentionality. Do we intend to confess it as best that we can, um, you know, or do you lie to the priest, or are you afraid to say it? A good rule of thumb would be the next time that you go to confession, anytime, but in particular with mortal sin, or sometimes we we realize later on that a sin that I was confessing was a mortal sin, and I didn't even know that. You can feel free to bring that back up in confession, but unless you've deliberately withheld that information from the priest, you can consider yourself absolved.
0: Good question, Zach, and I I appreciate that. Father, what about um, if you don't remember the number of times that you committed a, a mortal sin? What's the advice there?
1: Well, this is, uh, Patrick, somewhat common when you have someone who's been away from the sacrament right. for a long time. And this was a frequent thing. If it was a daily thing to be, you know, maybe it's not right now a daily thing, but at one point in my life it was, this is why an examination of conscience is so critical before we go to confession, to be able to at least acknowledge with specificity. And maybe it's something that happened years and years ago and you you weren't quite sure. Maybe you had... A propensity for doing such things 40 years ago that you don't do now. So the best thing you can do is to say, okay, the, is to try and give a general idea of uh, the the frequency that that happened. But as we're going to confession more often, it becomes, this is, I think, one of the reasons why, you know, regular confession, I always encourage monthly confession is is so helpful because it helps us to acknowledge, okay, yeah, you know, last month I confessed this sin, And I I knew I was doing that every day. Now I'm doing it every other day. Now we start to see how the grace of God is working in our hearts. Mm. We start to see, okay, well, maybe we start to see, maybe I'm thinking of confession as God's going to do all the work for me. And I actually need to be the one who's resolved to address this particular sin or inclination in my life.
0: Yeah. And it seems that there can be a tendency towards, or they're not a tendency necessarily, but they're a temptation anyway towards some uh, scrupulosity when it comes to some of this. I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, dissuade people from being explicit in the confessional. But if there's a, you know, I I just don't know. I know (laughs) when I was confessing my first confession of 38 years, I, you know, I just said, I committed this in, I have no idea how many times, but it was many, or it was mm-hmm. at least a few times or something like that. And, you know, like you said before, Father, the Lord is there with mercy and he is He is wanting us to uh, to receive all of his graces in the confessional, right?
1: Absolutely. And when we start to, to do that, we, you know, I still remember one of the most important events in my entire life. And one of the reasons I'm a priest is I went to confession at St. Peter's Basilica in Rome right after Christmas. And, I thought wow, you know, of all my confessions in college, this is probably going to be the quote unquote best. I'm, you know, I've been going to mass almost every day, but there was still some serious stuff going on in my life and I remember the priest challenging me on that and and I was like, "Oh, actually this life of grace didn't change me in the moment, but it did over time. This is something that's serious that when we take it seriously, it does in fact change us and it constantly calls us to to something more, to something higher, to a greater gift of self, but also to a greater encounter, uh, a freer encounter with God.
0: What a gift it is. What a gift it is. Let's uh, take another phone call. Carmen is calling in from Riverside, California.
1: The thing that's often on my mind is the the rapidity of the, the same sin. So every every two or three months, there I am, waiting with uh, in our local church, maybe with 50 other people, to confess sins, venial sins, but uh, the same big sin uh, over and over again? I would say, first of all, let's all take a deep breath and recognize, thanks be to God, we're confessing the same things over and over again in one way, right? Imagine if every time you went to confess it and was, it was a totally new set of sins and struggles. <laughs> uh, Good point. When we step back, And look at our sins and the, especially those which we, we frequently confess. I I still remember the first time after I was ordained a priest, I went to confession and I'm standing there in line. I just happened to be somewhere. And I I, I was thinking to myself, Oh my goodness, here are the same little things that I've been doing since I first started going to confession. I'm here I am a priest and I was kind of frustrated or whatnot. And I went to confession and I, and I walked in and I, I almost never go to the confession face to face, but for whatever reason I felt called to do that. And I, I told the priest there that I was frustrated and nervous because it was my first time going to confession as a priest. And he looked up at me and he said, well, it's my first time hearing confessions as a priest. And so we just kind of laughed in that moment of all of that. But it was just, a, just you know, what a blessing it is to know when we start to grow closer. This is the cross. This is our cross. And that's my struggle. But and we can think of the cross as this is the thing that's going to keep me down but the cross is the source of our salvation, not only the cross of Christ, but the cross is in our own life. And when we start to see, okay, Hey, this, those little things, those defects of personality that manifest themselves in sin, my, those, those struggles or those inclinations toward, toward grave sin. Okay. That's, that's the battlefield for me. And knowing that is probably one of, if not the most important parts of our spiritual journey with the Lord is now I can see in front of me, the battlefield and the way, the means by which, the areas in my life that Jesus is going to bring me closer to Him and help me to overcome sin and death through His own suffering and death and resurrection. And here's the beautiful part, too, is as Carmen, is, and maybe you've experienced this, is when we start to find healing after bringing those things repeatedly to the Lord, when the Lord uh, and my will start to become closer and I, I start to overcome those those broken inclinations and those, those obstacles and stumbling blocks in my life, all of a sudden I become a light for people who are going through something similar. And I look at that in my own life and I say, Wow, I'm a college, I'm a pastor of a college Newman center. And in so many ways I was so far from the Lord through my own brokenness and sin in college. And it's like, Oh, you know, by God's grace and God's grace alone, in many ways I've experienced profound healing and overcome a lot of that. And now I get to be a source of healing and mercy and grace to those people, not through my greatness, but through the healing that God brought to my brokenness. And I hope that that inspires you to not be, to never grow tired in bringing those things to the Lord, because maybe just that witness of perseverance, especially to your nearest and dearest friends who know that struggle, maybe that witness is what's going to not only keep you going, but inspire them to a greater gift of self to the Lord.